This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, an ongoing crisis in the White House as President Trump remains hospitalized with the coronavirus. His infection has captivated the nation. The main issue, of course, is his health and whether he'll be okay and able to run the country. But there are so many other questions. How will this affect the election? It's a month away. How will this affect the pandemic that has killed more than 200,000 Americans now? For all that, I have guest Joe Garofoli, host of the It's All Political podcast, and Aaron Alday, the Chronicle's lead coronavirus reporter. Aaron and Joe, thanks for joining me on a Sunday. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Thanks, Damien. Yeah, thanks for joining me on a Sunday. We had to get together because this story seems to be changing so quickly. Um, by the time we record this late Sunday, it may have changed again. But but the latest we're hearing, and I just want to start out with that, is that we don't quite know how the president's doing. He's on a new steroid that's pretty serious. But the messages from the White House have been so mixed and the nation doesn't really have a good sense of how the president's doing. Right. I think that that to me um, is one of the biggest issues right now is we're getting, you know, these these updates on his condition. But it's really hard to make sense of just how the president is faring. There's a lot of confusion. There's some contradictory statements coming out. Um, All we know for sure is that he is symptomatic. He's had fevers. Um, possibly high fevers. He's had a couple of, of instances of his oxygen levels getting very low, getting to concerning levels. Um, and all of those, you know, those those alone are indicative of somebody who has very serious COVID-19 illness. Um, so we do know that he is a serious case. He's definitely on that sort of path um, of the illness. What we don't know is is just how serious it is. Um, we also know that he's on some pretty, um, you know, front of the line, um, aggressive treatments. Um, we know for a fact that he's gotten this, um, experimental monoclonal antibody, um, which is just very early trials has only been given to a few under hundred people. Um, and he was given that I believe on Thursday. So he's given a dose of that and that's kind of an immune booster that's meant to get his immune system up and functioning and fighting off this virus kind of right out of the gate. It's given to people early on in, uh, in their illness. Um, he's also been given remdesivir, which is an antiviral, um, that is also experimental. Now that one's a lot, is a bit more questionable because that is usually given to people who are very sick. Um, it's something that's given to people a little bit further along in their illness. So it's, you know, it's, it's on the one hand, understandable that they would be giving him something like that. He is the president. He should be getting that kind of top line care, but it feels a little bit like, well, where is he in his disease to be getting that serious of a treatment? And then the last one is even more concerning, which is this dexamethasone, which is a steroid that's usually given to people at very critical stage of disease when they are really at risk of death um, and they are are needing help to breathe. Um, and it's And it's really only ever prescribed in those conditions. It's only used in those conditions. So 
do we know if it's given to the president because he's in that condition right now, or is it just because they are being extraordinarily aggressive in his case? But there's a lot of people that are raising legitimate questions about if that's appropriate, and we just don't know. But all of that leads to a very confusing answer to your initial thought, which is, how sick is he? We just we just don't really know at this point, which is upsetting. That really speaks, Joe, to the backdrop here, right? Like the president's health, how he's doing is way too political an issue right now. Right. And so they, they're they they're speaking to conflicting audiences. So all, all the stuff that Aaron was talking about is factual and, and, and health related. But that has, is it going at, uh, in opposite directions of his political interests. His political interests are He's behind. This is the worst possible time to for this to hit the president. Uh, he's behind in the polls. He can't go out and do rallies, which are his the sort of the life's blood of his campaign. Uh, he can't uh, do fundraisers, and he's behind in Biden in fundraising. Uh, Biden is, is, is has TV ads all over the place that and the president doesn't at this point. Uh, and 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 plus, then the, there's you know, and then going back to his job as president. Uh, you want to uh, the, the White House wants to uh, present a, an image of the president as very strong. Uh, has, you know, they want to make sure that the markets are stable. They don't want uh, our, our, our political rivals, uh, Russia, China, et cetera, to take advantage of the situation. So the, the, we're really going across purposes between the, the interest in the health of the president, the interest of the campaign of the president and the interest of the president's job as president. Yeah, I mean, it's just such an incredible moment and says where we are. I think in what I think what people refer to as if we were in normal times, the health of the president of the United States would just be something that you share and you talk about and people would would follow. But you can just see his team back there working on what spin they need to put on his health, not only because he's listening to the press conferences, the whole audience of one argument, but because they've made it so political that, you know, that you you actually have to look at whether the president might use a quick recovery or that it didn't hit me hard in the in the campaign rather than just trying to get better. Right. I, I put that the uh, that to some folks in the story we had in the Chronicle on Sunday about how what what if the president does get through this rather quickly um, and he sort of rises Lazarus like. And uh, the, what would the reaction be? Can what would if he were to say, "Hey, look, this 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 virus wasn't anything. Look, I was down for a couple of days. I'm back." And um, what the Democrats are, are going to be, their response to that would be: um, number one, you had amazing uh, political, or amazing health care, all the things that Aaron outlined, all the thing, all the treatments that he's getting. There's tens of millions of the people in this country who don't have health care, and you were president when uh, 207,000 people and counting are have died from this and 7 million people have been infected of it. So uh, that, the possibility he can try that, and he certainly will, if you, know, you, you can guess, if he, if he were to survive this very quickly and get a turnaround. But you know, there's, you know, as you say, Damon, the fact that this is politicized is really a snapshot of where we're at in this country right now. All right, I want to, to bring us to something the sort of larger context of the president's infection with coronavirus. Now, not only has the president been a mask skeptic, Aaron, you've written a lot about masks, but even as recently as the first presidential debate, he was mocking 
Joe Biden, he said uh, he shows up, you know, he often shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. I'm I'm sort of I I haven't lost the capacity to be shocked. And I think, uh, you know, I won't <laughs> speak for the two of you, but but we really also haven't heard him say something that, that you might expect, which is to come out and say, like, hey, I was wrong. Like everybody should wear a mask like I'm I'm chastened by by my own infection. That's not really. Well, happened. you know that he's he's not even wearing a mask in care. I mean, in Walter Reed, he's 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 been shown in photos. He's known to be kind of wandering around there wearing a mask without a mask, rather. Um, and that's astounding. I mean, people who are hospitalized with this disease are absolutely wearing a mask when they're around the people providing their care. I mean, those caretakers are in full PPE. They're wearing the face masks. They're wearing, you know, the um, the the shields, the goggles, you know, they've got all of that on, but you still would have patients masked. The only time you might not would be if they're so ill that it's actually going to be a problem for them. But that, I mean, the fact that he's still visibly while hospitalized is not wearing a mask is astounding. The fact that the White House is still saying that they're not requiring masks is astounding. What what an incredible opportunity, Aaron, to come out and say, hey, nation, we need to do, we need to take this seriously. Look, I'm laid up in the hospital. But they're going to double down, obviously. To the president, that would be admitting a sign of weakness. And that is one thing the president never has done in his four years in office, in his five years in the the presidential spotlight here. Um, And and so he, he sees it as a sign of weakness. Biden addressed this the other day on the campaign trail on Friday. He offers his prayers for speedy recovery to the president and Melania. Um, And then he says, you know, not wearing a mask is not, is not, that's not being a tough guy. This is your, you're helping to your, tra- he is trying to do the more the public service announcement of this, which is hey, wearing a mask not only helps me, but it helps you. So I don't spew my germs all over you. I think that's a medical term, isn't it, Aaron? That's exactly right. <laughs> all right, hold on. I got to take a quick break. When we return more on fifth and mission right after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa. I'm joined by Joe Garofoli, host of the It's All Political podcast, and Aaron Alday, health reporter at The Chronicle. Joining me to talk about the week that was the president being infected with the coronavirus. Guys, I want to take you back a little bit. It was, I believe, September 26th when Amy Coney Barrett was introduced as the Supreme Court nominee. Some people are talking about that as possibly an event that spread the coronavirus uh, to people, possibly including Trump and and others who were at the ceremony. And, you know, it, it a different light, Aaron, than, than obviously doctors have been recommending for events. There was a lot of people not wearing masks. Um, but that has been a sort of typical, right? I mean, we have seen these big events, despite experts saying they're dangerous. Oh, we've seen a lot of those events. I think what's remarkable about this is that we are simply seeing 
and again, this needs to be determined, which is a whole other topic. But, you know, we're seeing that this has potentially actually turned into a super spreader event, whereas, you know, some of these other ones have just been widespread enough, enough other stuff going on that it's a little bit harder to pin down. But in this case, you know, we're seeing specifically people who were at that event. Um, we've seen pictures. We know exactly how that went event went down. We saw how closely, even though they were outside, which was about the only thing they did right, the people were sitting very close together. Um, most of them, the vast majority, were not wearing masks. Um, and there were some events, actually, that were that were inside. We saw that people were hugging, that they were shaking hands, that they were being, you know, very kind of affectionate in that way. So, you know, there were just all kinds of things going on. But like I said, one of the things I want to get at is it's astounding to me, and I keep saying astounding, and I shouldn't be, but <laughs> that that we haven't done any contact tracing on this yet. You know, the what we're hearing is that the, the CDC hasn't yet come in. Nobody's really kind of come in and done this investigative process to try to figure out, you know, trace this back, figure out. We don't even know exactly when the president last tested negative. Um, we don't know exactly the course of his illness, um, never mind, you know, where he might have gotten it, where other people might have been exposed, um, and then to kind of do the work piecing out from there to see who else might be at risk. And we've talked a lot about the big name people who have been out there, but there are a lot of staff people a lot of, you know, people who were on the grounds who were exposed. And we don't know if any of those people have been contacted, if they're getting access to testing and care and all those services. So there's just, there's a lot going on that's tied to this event that's that's really problematic. And, and not only that, but Joe, we might not even have known about this. The the White House, the government, they, they didn't release it. It took Jennifer Jacobs, I believe, from Bloomberg, breaking the story of Hope Hicks's infection first to get this going. And then the press has been doing the contact tracing for the government. Right. And, and, and we've also seen how, I mean, immediately after this happened, we saw a lot of people even doubting the uh, veracity of the president in, in that he actually had the disease when you have, uh, you know, and people, there's so little trust uh, in this white house and what they're saying, you know, especially if the president documented uh, by the Washington Post tw more than 20,000 lies and misstatements since he took office. People, are, there was conspiracy theories out there saying, uh, I don't even, you know, saying, uh, is he really, is he really sick? We don't even know. Maybe it's a campaign ploy. Now, there's been no evidence of that so far. But, you know, that just goes back to the level of doubt. One, of, one other thing I want to bring up is, you know, when you're talking about that super spreader event, uh, or alleged super spreader event, we don't know yet. But, uh, this has is having real world uh, political implications too, because two of the people who have been uh, have come down with this are senators on the Judiciary Committee. Tom Tillis, who is a very tight re-election race and uh, Senate race in North Carolina, and Mike Lee of Utah. Um, so Diane Feinstein said, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't have these hearings uh, right now because it's not safe." Now, of course, she has a political interest in not wanting to do this. Because if there's uh, if this is pushed off into the lame duck, there is a chance if uh, a, a couple of seats go the Democrats' way, some senators will be seated right away, and they could jam the process. Yeah, I mean, one of the astounding moments of the week was was people asking, "What about the Supreme Court nominee, Miss Barrett? What, did she have it?" And then the, the quick announcement that, uh, "Oh, she already had it before." <laughs> Incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> incredible. All right. So, jo Joe, uh, follow up with you. How is Joe Biden responding? Um, should he be immediately back on on the trail? How is 
How is Vice President Pence responding? Um, and what does it mean for sort of the campaign ahead? I mean, we're so close to the election. Yeah, no, uh, Biden was, uh, in fact, with right back on the trail. He uh, won after he got a, a, a negative test. He was in the trail in Michigan on Friday, uh, which we alluded to earlier, and he's continuing full blast. He said he's going to be pulling negative ads, uh, negative television ads uh, about the president. No word exactly what constitutes a negative ad. Um, because his uh, and and in the in the political speak, the campaign itself, the Biden campaign is pulling off its negative ads. But some of the super PACs supporting Biden, which are not affiliated with the campaign, have not pulled off their negative ads. So don't worry. People are still uh, ripping each other, even the time in the time of crisis, because it is politics. Um yeah, so and Pence is definitely out in the campaign trail. He has to be. Someone has to be out there because this campaign, you know, needs a needs a front person to to represent it. And, you know, uh, if if the president were to be incapacitated and not be able to um, to 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 stand for reelection, uh, Pence would, you know, could be the person if he were to win. I feel like the toughest question in the world for the last, you know months, years has been how things like this affect the popularity of Trump, Biden, how voters are going to react to things like this. I mean, it it feels like no one knows. I mean, Joe, do you, do you know? Do, react to the uh, to, to, he, to his infection. Which part does, of it, it? does it help him? Does it hurt him? Does it help I, Biden? I, I, you know, I, I feel like I've written the story about 17 different times about, oh, my God, can you believe what Trump did? What will what will the reaction be? And the reaction is never any different. Uh, his, his popularity approval ratings because everywhere from the high 30s to the high 40s, and um, you know, I, I'm almost to the belief of and this is a, this is a dark place, but you know, he would have to shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue, as he once said, uh, to get his core support, core core followers to core supporters to uh, abandon him in some way. Um, I, I don't know what this does, although some early polls have said, uh, and these were taken uh, right after the debate, and I think it might have been included a little polling when he was uh, he fell ill, um, that Biden has only increased his lead slightly since then in the last couple of days. Now, I did see some images of people rallying outside of the hospital where the president is, and Perhaps it's just me. Perhaps it's wishful thinking, but it it felt like there was a bit more mask wearing in that crowd than you'd seen in the past. A, <laughs> maybe a little bit of lessons being learned. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think the jury is still out on that one. Right. I would be curious for you to count up those masks and those images because yeah. I saw them too and was not was not particularly impressed. So, Aaron, I want to go back a little bit to the medical um, experts talk about this. I think the VIP effect. Um, Trump has sort of been talking, at least, about managing his own health care. He's the president. Um, but it's awfully different, it seems, from from perhaps what a an everyday person would be experiencing. Well, it's very different. I mean, he's definitely getting totally different treatment than a normal person would, which, you know, people, the doctors I talk to will say that that's appropriate. I mean, he is the president of the United States. We would want him, you know, even when they said he was going to Walter Reed on Friday, that didn't necessarily strike me and a lot of others as as remarkable or a sign that he was, you know, as they call it with with this condition falling off the cliff that he was really in trouble because it would make sense you know you have facilities there for him let's get him there and get him under observation and just keep a close eye on this given his age and and 
um, comorbidities. Um, but you know, there's, there's limits to that, you know I mean? He's, and a, a lot of people thought he also was appropriate for him to get this, this antibody, um, experimental treatment. Like that's shown to be effective in very early, um, parts of the disease. So let's go ahead and do that. Um, I think what's really kind of, so the potential for a VIP effect is if you get somebody who thinks they know better than their doctors, who thinks they know better than scientists, who thinks that they know absolutely what is best. People refer to this famously as also the Steve Jobs effect, where they start kind of demanding care that they think is is it, and it actually works out against them. I mean, it can actually, you know, there's a lot of reasons some of these things that folks demand aren't standard of care. It's because they come with dangerous side effects or, you know, they just, or they just don't work. Um, there's just a whole bunch of reasons why, you know, VIP should not be demanding things that they don't necessarily know everything about. So especially with the steroid treatment that he's on now, there is, and this is all entirely speculation. Um, but there is a lot of sort of eyebrow raising about why that's happening at this point. Um, you know, again, does it mean that the president is very seriously ill and we just don't know that yet? Does it mean that his doctors are just being extraordinarily aggressive? But, you know, to be honest, like that treatment is actually contraindicated um, at a certain point in disease. I mean, it's meant to sort of tamp down the immune system when it's when it's in overdrive. And you don't necessarily want to do that at the wrong time. It can have bad um, effects. And so the other concern then here is, is this something that the president is demanding because he's heard good things about it and he wants only the best of the best um, and his doctors are caving into him? I mean, this is these are con real concerns that are on the table for folks. All right. The last thing I want to ask you guys and both of you, because I think it really bridges again the health, the health story and the political story is that there is now talk of of whether the president at some point should or or could surrender his powers um even for a brief period of time but it 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 is so freighted in sort of his image of himself and and the idea of the election and yet maybe forgive me maybe i'm naive but i feel like it shouldn't be so and it should be mostly a medical consideration and yet that question seems to 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 have so much weight to it there's a lot of doctors that are starting to express real concern. Just what we know about serious COVID disease and what we know about some of the treatments he's on can cause real, very real cognitive effects. Um, they can cause um, delirium really in, in sort of worst case scenarios. And it's not unusual. These are not unusual effects. And so you could be talking about people who are not thinking too clearly, who have, you know, mental fatigue, who have brain fogs, but who also may be confused, may be paranoid. Um, these are really, you know, documented conditions that can occur. And there's strong argument that 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 if the president were to experience these symptoms, he would be the worst possible person to make the decision if he's having those symptoms. I mean, even if he was just a normal guy, the, the, the nature of these cognitive problems makes you a poor judgment of if you're having these cognitive problems. Now, the tr this, this president is not a normal person um, and he's not necessarily you know, known to have kind of the best, um, best way of looking at these things under, under any circumstances. So, you know, there's, there's strong arguments already that we need to have an independent somebody kind of looking at his health, looking at his cognitive function and deciding if he is still, you know, in good enough shape to be in this office. Now that's where that falls out of my uh, expertise, Joe. Well, here's the, the, what it takes, we're talking about the 25th amendment here and what it would take to uh, get the president to involuntarily give up his his power. 
uh, would it be? It would be the vote of the cabinet, including the vice president, and two thirds of the house and two thirds of the senate. Two thirds of the house would be easy, uh, fairly easy, and but the two thirds of the senate might not be. Um, that's a, that's a high bar, and and they would all take their cues from Trump. The senate, controlled by Republicans, have has shown uh, next to zero uh, desire or ability to uh, to go against him. And if he would say, if he would not give the green light on this, they would not give the green light. Um, and the other thing is about this, you know, it, it goes back to, uh, and, and, and Aaron, you alluded to it, the president showing weakness. And uh, politically, 30 days out from election day, already more than 3 million people have voted. Um, this would be a, a, a very visible sign of a president giving up his power in the waning days of a campaign would be a, a nightmare politically for him. Um, so I, I don't see this happening. Uh, if it were to come to it, I think it'd, it'd be a t- very heavy lift for people to invoke the 25th Amendment against the president's wishes. Well, it's sad that it is that way. Let's leave it there, guys. Thank you so much. It's been a crazy week. Thank you for all your work and for joining me. Thanks so much, great. Damien. Thanks, bud. Thanks to my guests today, Joe Garofoli, host of the It's All Political podcast, and Aaron Alday, a health reporter also at The Chronicle, to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.